the tears that made her
Every now and then something happens and you know it's a God thing. Before I leave wherever it is, where I'm staying before I go and uh, preach, I listen to a collection of songs to prepare me. And the last song is always Alabaster Box. And as I sat in the hotel, that was the last song before I left. And I listened to the song and I sung along with it. And I thought to myself, or I prayed, Jesus, I really, really wish that someone would sing that before I stood up. Because if that were to happen, Lord, I think I could, I'm gonna preach anyway, but that just reminds me of where God found me. And this is the only way I can pour out my praise to you, Jesus. So if you'd be so kind, at least one of the nights if it's possible. And I almost jumped out of my skin when the song begun to, began to play. I was stunned, flabbergasted, amazed at how God just takes the littlest things. That song did more for me than you'll ever know. Thank you very much for singing that. Praise God, praise God. And I needed confirmation as well. I originally planned, you have it on the square sheet even, what I intended to preach on tonight. But about three hours ago, uh, I was strongly impressed that I, that was not what I was supposed to preach on tonight. And it was confirmed by the fact that that song was sung, at least in my mind, so I'm totally comfortable now with what we're going to do. If you have a Bible, please join me in turning to the book of Genesis. And I want us tonight to look at Genesis chapter 18, verses 9 through 15. Genesis 18, and I want us to look at 9 through 15. I'll read from the New King James Version. Then they said to him, where is Sarah, your wife? So he said, here in the tent. And he, meaning the Lord, said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. Sarah was listening in the tent door, which was behind him. Verse 11. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in age. 
and Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. Verse 12, then Sarah laughed within herself saying, after I have grown old, shall I have pleasure? My Lord being old also? And the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Saying, shall I surely bear a child since I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Verse 15, but Sarah denied it, saying, uh, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. But he said, no, but you did laugh. Can you pray with me as for the next couple of moments we talk on the topic, why did you laugh? Why did you laugh? Let's pray. And now, God, our Father, this is it. Do what you do best and do it right here, right now. Let something be said that will strengthen our faith, encourage us to make it through yet another day. I want you to do something spectacular here tonight, Jesus. I want you to allow your Holy Spirit to walk up and down each aisle, in between each pew. Let us not hear David Solomon Hall tonight, but let us hear the very words of encouragement from God. Do what you do best. Show up and show out. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. It's been said that laughter is the best medicine. You've seen or heard perhaps people that were sick that would watch comedy movies and they would laugh and slowly they began to feel better. I have a question for you tonight. When was the last time you had a good laugh. <clears throat> I'm not talking about that cynical laugh that we do when we see people who the media build up fall flat on their face. I'm talking about that good, innocent kind of laugh. Sort of like the laughter you see on the outtakes when the actors mispronounce their lines and they're laughing uncontrollably. The laughter that you see little kids do on the playground when they're just having fun, not a care in the world. When was the last time you had a good laugh? It was August. I believe it was the fifth, I could be wrong, 1996. My wife and I, her parents took us on a vacation to Orlando, Florida, and they paid for it. Praise God, that was the best vacation I have ever had. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
for her parents. And they took us and we, we had a great time in Orlando and we did all the things that one would do there. Went to Disney. David Jr. was just uh, five months old. He didn't remember anything. We took pictures of him to show him he actually was there. So when he grew up, he could say, yeah, I was there. May never get back, but I was there. And Connie's parents, God bless them. They loved their grandchild. He was the youngest. He was five months old. He was so cute. He'll tell you if you were to ask him, I'm fine now, Dad. Just look at me. And he's right. He is. Takes after his father. Hallelujah. But they wanted David Jr. They said, why don't you just leave him with us? And you two go out and have fun. <laughs> I love her parents. They have wisdom beyond their years. And so we, we took David Jr. He was five months. He didn't mind. He just clung to Mama and Papa. We waved by. He didn't even notice because he was just there. And we left. Me and my wife. And if you were to ask her, she would tell you the same thing. That this was a special time. And we were just walking around Orlando like little kids. And then it began to rain. And because she hadn't just got her hair done, you know, that didn't concern her. You know what I mean. And she didn't care. She was getting wet. And I was getting wet. It didn't mess up my hair either. And we were just, <laughs> we were just having a blast. And I would go and <laughs> jump in the puddles, you know, like a little kid. And we were just having a wonderful time laughing and laughing. All the cares of the world gone. That's a good laugh. That's the kind of laugh that just invigorates the soul. Laughter is not a bad thing, but every now and then, people can laugh, and it's not a good thing when their laughter is laced with derision, cynicism, and disbelief. As we look into our text for the evening, let's go back just a few uh, chapters and see the background of what actually took place. Abram and Sarai left Ur of the Chaldees some 25 years earlier. Ur of the Chaldees was this fantastic place. And Sarai, I could imagine she didn't want to leave. And then suddenly Abram shows up and he tells her, her husband, the Lord told me that we are supposed to leave. Where are we going, dear? Out. We're just going to keep going until God says stop. Leave all your friends and family behind, honey. We're just going out because God said so. Right there. Those of you that are married, take two seconds and just ask yourself, if your husband 
were to tell you, it is time for us to go. And you said, where are we going? And he said, I don't know, but the Lord will tell us. I know, wait, wait, wait. I know that all you good Christian sisters would say, speak, husband, for I know that the word of the Lord speaketh through thee. Wheresoever thou goest, I will follow. <laughs> I can imagine Sarah may have, uh, Sarai, excuse me, may have had a little discomfort in this, but she went along anyway. Because she had faith in her husband. Then he's 75, she's 65. When the journey begins, the Lord shows up and tells them, you will have a son. They're excited because they hadn't had any children as of yet. They're wandering by faith. They left home by faith. They're waiting for baby to come by faith. And no baby comes. God shows up. You're going to have a baby. A year goes by. Two years go by. Three years go by. She's not getting any younger. Five years, ten years, a whole decade goes by. And nothing happens. Eleven years go by and nothing happens. Think in your mind, what were you doing 11 years ago? Where were you 11 years ago? I don't even know where I was 11 years ago. That's a long time to wait. Have you ever had to wait on the Lord before? Have you ever just, he, he, he promised something to you. And you just had to sit and wait and wait by faith. And the answer seemingly never comes. Eleven years go by. Sarai is not getting any younger. Abram is the laughing stock of the men around because back in those days, a real man in that culture was known by how many sons you could produce. And here he was with the donut, the goose egg as it were, the big fat zero. And all the fellas that walk past, Abe, yeah, he's not a real man, no kid have himself. And he had to deal with that. Sarai, if you did not have children, there was a stigma placed on you. She had to deal with that and all this because they left home by faith. God said, you're going to have a kid by faith. They trusted him and now they're getting laughed at. You ever trusted God and got laughed at? You ever stepped out? Oh, not yet, David. You ever stepped out by faith and got laughed at? Sarai said, I got to help God out. We're going to help God out. Apparently, God helps those who help themselves. Mm-hmm. 
So she tells Abe, honey, my handmaiden, Hagar. Abe looks at Hagar. Yes, honey. I want you to go in unto her. Okay, and the child that she bears will be ours, helping God out. You ever tried to help him out? Because he's not moving quick enough, so we step in, and obviously God has given us the intelligence to work things out and work them through. And for years, it seemed as though That plan was working until we get to Genesis chapter 17. Genesis 17 verse 1, when Abram was 99 years old, 13 years now have gone by with Ishmael. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him. He was making a covenant with him. And and whenever God does something spectacular, he had spoken to him 24 years earlier. So 24 years, almost a quarter of a century has gone by. God suddenly speaks to him again, and he's about to do something spectacular. He changed his name. Because back then, your names had prophetic import. Whatever your parents named you, that's generally how you were going to end up. So his name, his name was Abram, which meant father of many. How embarrassing was that for him to walk around as father of many, and he just had one. God said, I'm going to change your name. Your name is no longer Abram because I'm making this covenant with you. Your name is now Abraham, which means father of many nations. What, would that, what must that have been like for him to tell his entourage? Guys, I am no longer Abram. You must now refer to me as Abraham. For I am the father of many nations. And I'm sure they're looking around like, uh, Ishmael, Hagar's boy is over there. You see any other kids? No. Okay. Okay, Abraham. Sarai. God was going to do something through her, so he changed her name. Her name meant Contentious, nagging. He changed her name from that to Sarah, which means princess. And after the name change, the Lord begins to share his plan with Abraham. And he concludes it by telling him that he and Sarah are going to have a son. And Abraham... laughs 
Shall a child, 1717 of Genesis, shall a child be born to a man who is a hundred years old? And shall Sarah, who is 90, bear a child? Verse 18, oh, that Ishmael might live before you. He found it hard to believe. We've been waiting all this time, and <laughs> you must not have seen Sarah. The Lord said in 19, no, Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son. You'll call his name Isaac. I'll bless Ishmael, but it's going to come through Sarah. And Abraham, new name and all, believed. He believed. That's the history of our text. Three men show up. We're in the text now. Three men show up at Abraham's tent. They show up and, and, and they say, and Abraham wants to be the gracious host, so he tells them, kill the fatted calf, get everything together, let's talk to these gentlemen. Uh, verse 3, if I have found favor in your sight, favor in your sight, do not pass on your servant. He said, let a little water be brought, let us wash your feet, rest under the tree, we'll give you something to eat. And he told his wife, go make something for him to eat, I'll entertain him. He had no idea what was about to happen. Verse 9, here it is. Then they said to him, where is Sarah, your wife? You didn't, you, you, didn't, you didn't get that. These are strangers. These are people they have never seen in their life, wandering through the desert. They prepare a meal for him. They're washing their feet. And then one of them says, where is Sarah, your wife? How did they know what her name was? And how did they know what the new name was? This, I'm sure, began to uh, 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 trouble both of them, like, who are these people? Uh, uh, Abraham said, verse 9, she's here in the tent. Verse 10, and the Lord said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life, and behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. Sarah's back there making bread, preparing the fatted calf. Not only is she stunned that they say her name, but then, these jokers, maybe they didn't see me, she's thinking. They don't know who Sarah is. But they're saying that I am going to have a son. Heretofore, the Lord had only spoken to Abraham, so Abraham had that knowledge. This was her first time being exposed to this. And they're saying she is going to have a son. And then look at verse 11. It, it, it emphasizes the point twice. I want you to catch this because this is setting this thing up. Verse 11, now Abraham and Sarah were old. O-L-D, old. And to really emphasize the point, it says, and they were well advanced in age. So not only were they old, but they were well advanced in age which suggests to me that they were well beyond the childbearing years. And the Bible says, come on, David, in verse 12, that Sarah laughs. 
laughs. She laughs. This is incredible. I can't believe these people would come and say something like this. The Bible says in, in, in chapter 18, verse 12 of Genesis, Sarah laughed. And this was not a ha-ha laugh like something's funny. This was a laugh of scorn. This was a laugh of derision. Sarah had had enough. I've had faith in this man all these years. I leave a land I'm comfortable with to go and follow him. He repeatedly tells me, honey, God told me this. Honey, God told me that. Doesn't he know that I'm embarrassed too? Then he tells me, I, you have a new name, dear. You're a princess. What, the princess of not having kids? I was just at the well the other day, and Sally was playing with her grandchildren, and I don't have anything. I just went there and got water. And now they're going to tell me that I'm going to have a baby. I'm 89 years old. 89-year-old women do not have babies. I'm tired. Oh, I'm tired of getting my hopes up all the time only to have them dashed. Ha, ha, ha. She laughs. Yeah, right. I'm going to have a baby. Ha, ha, ha. You ever felt like Sarah? Pushed and taxed to the limit, always singing songs, tis so sweet to trust in Jesus just to take him at his word. Or singing songs like, what a friend we have in Jesus. Or even like the kids, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Have you ever sung them only to wonder where he is in the crisis? And then somebody will come up behind a desk like this and have the audacity to tell you it's time to start believing again. It's time to start trusting again. Sometimes we get the Sarah mentality and we say, yeah, right, ha, huh? Ha, ha. When you don't have the money to pay your rent or your mortgage, they're going to evict you or foreclose on that house. And you want me to plunk something down? You want me to be faithful? And I'm about to get kicked out. I was faithful before, and I'm about to get kicked out. If I give you some of that, what am I going to do? You're going to tell me, but the windows of heaven are going to open. I'm still waiting. Ain't nothing coming down. You want me to believe, Dr. Rock? Yeah, right. Ha, ha, ha. Keeping the Sabbath. You must be crazy. It's hard enough to get a job out there these days. And now I finally find one. They want me to work. I can't plunk nothing down if I ain't working. But you want me to come in here, give that up too? You must be crazy. Ha, ha, ha. You want me to work with the church? 
You want me to do something? You better be glad that I go. And you want me to get involved in something? Wait, wait. You want me to work with the kids? They hellions. I don't want to be around them. I'm glad mine are grown up. I don't even want to see my grandkids. And you telling me that God has called me into this ministry? You crazy. God didn't say that to me. Ha, ha, ha. Gonna have some kind of anointing service. What's up with that? I've been going up for special prayer every Sabbath for the last 22 years. Anyone have a special prayer? I've always been the first one up there. Ain't no healing happened yet. I look like a moron. The people laugh. There she go again with her non-getting healed self up there to the front. Then I try to pray for somebody else and they go and die. And you tell me I got faith? I don't think so. I'm tired of believing. I'm tired of trusting. I'm tired of putting myself on the line. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I'm tired of this thing. Ha, ha, ha. When I read this text, that portion of it, there are days that I feel Sarah was right. There are days that I feel she was justified in what she said. So there are days, I'm being human now, there are days when I'm tired. Tired of trying, tired of believing. I'm tired of taking two steps forward only to get knocked back three steps. I'm tired of, uh, of having people look at me to be the faithful one and then God doesn't come through because he wants them to see my reaction to how I handle adversity and still glorify him. I'm tired of being the example for everybody. While you're in the blessing business, Jesus, sometimes I just want him to stop by here. Sometimes I pray for everybody else. I preach to everybody else. And the Lord just whoo, throw blessings out. Hallelujah. And they come up, Pastor, the Lord answered your prayer. Pastor, the Lord answered. I'm praise God. Praise God. And then it's my turn. Mike, remember me? I'm your guy. We boys. What's up? There are days when I'm like the rubber band. It's been stretched to the limit. Those are the days I can understand where Sarah is coming from. 
when she laughs, she doesn't want to try anymore. She doesn't want to believe anymore. I don't want to get my hopes up to be dashed anymore. And so, behind closed doors, Sarah laughs. And then a curious question is asked. Why did Sarah laugh? She laughed inside herself, the Bible says. Why did Sarah laugh? She laughed silently in another room. Why did she Is anything too hard for the Lord to do? But when you've been pushed to the limit, your answer to that is hazy. May 21st, 1999, the Daytime Emmy Awards were on. The Emmy Awards are, are, are like the, uh, 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 it's like the Grammy Awards for music or the Tony Awards for the stage or the Oscars for film. It's what you give to TV shows, the Emmys. And there was this particular actress who was nominated for uh, Outstanding Lead Actress in a Drama Series in the year 1978, every year from 1981 to 1993. She was nominated in 1995, 96, 97, and 98. She had 19 nominations. And how many wins did she have? Zero. It, it became such a, a, a joke that she was even on, on Saturday Night Live one time. And, and the skit was to have everybody walk past with an Emmy. And for her to say, why can't I just get one? I mean, she did it and people laughed. But I can only imagine how painful that was for her. Because when she said, why can't I just get one? She wanted to know, why can't I just win once? Susan Lucci from All My Children. My aunts used to watch that and they were in the house and, you know, amen. Okay, <laughs> now we straight. <laughs> so I understood her acting ability and I began to wonder myself, wait, wait. I began to put myself in her shoes and wonder how would I feel if I came up for something 19, to, after the first two or three, I'd, get, I'd just say forget this. I wouldn't even go to the ceremony anymore. And she stopped going for a while. She said, why bother? 
But then she kept on going and she said her kids would bake her cookies when she'd come home disappointed. They'd have balloons, your star in our eyes, mommy. All that cute stuff that kids do that's really nice. But when she looked on her shelf, <laughs> there wasn't no Emmy. <laughs> May 21st, 1999. I watched this on YouTube prior to coming here. And if you go to youtube.com, type in, I don't want to, I'll say it in a second because I want to, I don't want to spoil it. But if you, you, you just type in her name, click it. They're going to take you to May 21st, 1999. And every time I see this, when I saw it then and when I see it 10 years later, I cry. They go through the procedure. Shimon Moore's up there. He's introducing all of the ladies. This one, this one, this one, this one. And they show Susan Lucci, and she has the perfunctory smile that she's had every year on her face. And she's holding on to her husband. Like, and you look in her eyes, and it's like, I'm going to lose again. Oh, why do I bother with these things? Because it was 19 times of being the lovable loser. Shamar, Shamar Moore opens the envelope. This is my favorite part. He opens that joker up. And he looks at the card. And you look at his eyes. <laughs> You look at his eyes, and he puts it down, and he screams, The streak is over, Susan Lucci! And the place goes crazy. And you look at her face, she just looks like, what? And then the tears just start pouring down her face, because that which she never thought would happen. You got to watch that clip, man. It'll make the hair stand up on you. It'll, even if you're the toughest dude, you know, like me, you'll, say, yeah, you'll sit there and you just sit. I'm sitting in the hotel there just crying watching this eight-minute clip. I had to play it again so I could cry some more. Because <laughs> I didn't have enough. And she gets up there and she says, I never thought this day would come. And they gave her a standing ovation for at least two, three minutes. And she just stood there looking. She couldn't believe that her moment would come. There are those of us that don't believe our moment will come. We've been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting to give birth, figuratively speaking, to that child. And it seems as though your dream, that thing which you have been praying for, will not come. But God sent me here tonight to tell you to just hold on. If you can't hold on anymore, 
tie a knot at the end of the rope and hold on to that. If that don't work, tie the rope around your arm so the rope can keep you up there by yourself. But you got to hold on because the Bible says in Hebrews 11:6, without faith it is impossible to please him. Uh, 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 and, and for he who comes to God must believe. So I say to you tonight, whoo, I say to you tonight, no matter what comes my way, no matter how long I have to wait, no matter how many doors may close in my face, no matter how empty my pocket may be, no matter how long the trek to find a job may be, I still believe. I still believe. I still believe, for he who comes to God must believe, I still believe. Abraham, you're too old, I still believe. David, you're too small, I still believe. Gideon, you're outnumbered, I still believe. Paul, you're going blind, I still believe. James and John, you have a temper, we still believe. Zacchaeus, you're too short. I still believe, Lazarus, you're dead. But I still believe, don't let anybody tell you what you can and cannot do. Don't, when you put your hand in God's hand, things can happen. Ask Garrett T. Morgan, the brother that invented the uh, traffic light. He still believed. George Washington Carver, 300 peanut products, all from a peanut. I still believe. Jackie Robinson, I just want to play baseball. I still believe. Halle Berry, nobody like you has ever won an Oscar. I still believe. Mae Jemison, nobody like you has ever been in outer space. I still believe. Martin Luther King, you had a dream. I still believe. Barack Obama, yes we can. I still believe. When they foreclose and repossess, I still believe. When I lose my job, I still believe. When I'm sick in my body, I still believe. When the money is funny, I still believe. People tell me I'm crazy, but still preaching this message, I still believe. The next time you feel that Sarah laugh, Oh, Jesus, the next time you feel that Sarah laugh coming to you, the next time you feel that laugh of doubt, the next time you feel like you don't want to try anymore, the next time you feel like you just want to give up, I got three words for you, and I want you to look that demon of doubt straight in his eyes and tell him demon I still believe come hell or high water I still believe when I don't feel like trying I still believe when I have problems on my job or in the classroom and I'm overwhelmed I still believe when all my friends are getting married and the only hand I'm holding is my own I still Believe. Take a look at your situation. Take a look at where you are now. God is asking you what he asked Sarah. Is there anything too hard?
hard for the Lord to do. We already know the answer. And now we still believe. So Mr. Devil, Mr. Devil, no matter what may come our way, when this revival is over, whatever your plans are for me for the remainder of 09 and for 10, Jesus knows the plans he has for me, according to Jeremiah. So no matter what you do, Mr. Devil, to break my spirit, I want y'all to go home and say this thing to him even. Tell him, I still believe. That next year, Sarah is the talk of the town. <laughs> no more father of many jokes for Abe. Uh-uh. And at age 90, Sarah is a mommy for the first time. Oh, Lucy, is that your great, 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 great grandchild? <laughs> oh, that's my son. <laughs> that's my son. Oh, are you, are you going to play ball? With your triple great-grandson? That's my boy. Yep. <laughs> Hundred years old and the old man still got it. Come on, say amen. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. They walked around knowing. Because they believed Genesis 21.6. And Sarah said, and God has made me Laugh. This was a different kind of laughter. When you put your, when you put your faith in God, that ha 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 can turn into a yeah. I still believe joyful kind of laugh. And that son, that son, God told him he had a reason for the name that he picked long before the kid was born. He said, you'll name your child Isaac. Isaac means laughter. And every time little laughter would wander around, they were reminded that nothing is impossible with God. Abraham and Sarah, new names and all, put their trust in God. That's the purpose of this thing this week. Only one thing is needed, and that one thing is Jesus. When you believe in him, when you trust him, things just start happening. When you trust somebody, you believe they can do whatever they say they can do. When my wife say to me, David, I'll never leave you. I believe her. She's still there. Hallelujah. I leave her and come places all the time. But she's still there. I know because I believe in her. I got something so much more than a Connie. And even in the darkest, darkest, darkest moments that you go through, I wish, I wish I'm about to pray. I wish that God 
would open your eyes so that you could see something when you're going through that thing. Just so you could see something when you wished that it would all be over. Those times you cry yourself to sleep, those times you say, I wish I was dead so I wouldn't have to deal with this junk anymore. I wish that he would just, just, just touch you on the eyes or, or, or just, just reveal something to you. I wish that he would just show you. Like a song says, you are not alone. He says, I am there with you. <laughs> I wish you could same. A couple of months ago, a year ago, I guess now, I was in the hospital and they told me I had this junk. And the thing was like, you'll never be able to preach anything again. I thought, man, this stinks. <laughs> Life as I knew it was over. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ. Strengthens me. And I began to think I don't do this thing for myself. This is me pouring out my alabaster box for you, God. And I had to encourage my own self even when I'd be up there preaching and it felt like I was going to have a heart attack. I said, I still believe. I still believe this is what you created me to do. And the whole time I was going through that mental, mental turmoil, he was right there beside me, helping me to go through. I don't know what you're going through tonight. I don't know what your situation is, but I know in whom I believe. And I know that he will not let you down. When it seems like he's not there, that's when he's the closest. When it seems like you can't take another step, that's when he's picking you up, carrying you where you need to go. We're going to pray. If in the middle of this prayer, something in the category applies to you, I want you to respond in order. Father, in the name of Jesus, you said if we ask anything in your name, you would do it. So we come in the name of Jesus, recognizing that in and of ourselves, we are nothing. But hey, 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 when connected to you, we can do all things. Somebody under the sound of my voice, Lord. The devil has them thinking they can't have a baby, figuratively speaking. The devil has them thinking that dream that you have planted within them will never uh, be birthed. The devil has them thinking that what their current situation is, is all that they will ever be. They will never be able to rise up above it. But Lord, in the name of Jesus, we rebuke that demon of doubt tonight. 
Whatever the circumstance, whatever the situation, we rebuke the negativity in the name of Jesus. You are the one, O oh Lord, who stretched them high and stretched them wide. You died on our behalf, so I know you have our best interest at heart. And so I pray for that man, that woman, that boy, that girl that's going through something. They cried themselves to sleep. They feel hopeless and left out. Wonder where you are. If you're in that category, just raise your hand, put it down, raise your hand, put it down. God will record it. You saw the hands, Jesus. You said, without faith, it's impossible to please you. By the fact that they raised their hands, that shows they have faith. So now, Lord, wait, wait, wait. Isaiah 65, 24, before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. So before they even raise their hands, you mean to tell me that you had already begun working out the situation? You mean to tell me, God, that you have a solution for those that have raised their hands? You already have one in the works for them? seed has already been planted and by faith now it's growing thank you jesus thank you jesus thank you jesus thank you jesus no more despair no more doubt no more i can't take this anymore no more ha 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 you will not have to ask us that question why did we laugh not again jesus no no for we know that nothing is impossible with god nothing is impossible and even now lord there's some some of us here have family members that don't know you. We have friends that have allowed their cynicism to get the best of them and they've walked away from you. They've chuckled, laughed, and left. But we're not going to give up on them, Jesus. If you have someone in your life that you know should accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior and they have already walked far away from him, but because you're not going to give up on that dream, I'm asking you to stand on your feet right now because they aren't here to stand for themselves. They need somebody to stand for them while they wander the streets out here. Father God, you see those that are standing. You know who they are representing. You know, Lord, the challenges that that individual is facing. That man, that woman, that boy, that girl. You know who they are standing to represent. So I pray in the name of Jesus that you will send your sweet Holy Spirit wherever they are, trouble them constantly, both day and night. Give them no rest until they make that decision that will have eternal consequences and accept you, accept you as their personal Savior. 
We're not giving up on them, Jesus. Because nothing is impossible with you. We're not laughing, saying, yeah, they won't come back. Because nothing is impossible for you. We commit them to you now. We recommit ourselves to you now. We commit, recommit our dreams, our hopes, our aspirations, and our faith to you right now. And we thank you because we know you're going to take great care of it. For we ask these favors and mercies, not because we're worthy, but in the precious and worthy name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen, amen, and amen. God bless you tonight. God bless you. God bless you. Church will see you on Friday night, same time, same place, where we will hear another blessed message. Please let us leave quietly.